0: Hello, and welcome back to Speaking Startup, the Missouri Business Alerts podcast covering the news and issues important to Missouri entrepreneurs. I'm Seth Bodine.
1: And I'm Isabel Robles. So, Seth, we were talking a little bit in the newsroom earlier today about how there's a heat storm right now.
0: Heat storm.
1: Well, it kind of made me think, you know, ice cream, that's something we tend to eat when it's warm out, right? So, if you could only eat ice cream for every meal, what flavor would it be?
0: I like cookie dough, but I don't know if it's because of the ice cream or the cookie dough. I could understand that. Maybe I should just eat cookie dough instead. (laughs) But what flavor would you have?
1: What flavor would I have? Well, I do enjoy like cinnamony things. There's a place in Columbia called Sparky's that makes some funky flavors, and they make a cinnamon flavor there that I really like. Kind of spicy, but still cooling.
0: Nice. <laughs> should we get started? Yeah,
1: we probably should now. Great. All right. <laughs> First, we'll hear this week's headlines in business news.
0: And then we'll hear from Blake Miller. He's the founder of Homebase, a Kansas City startup that makes software for smart homes.
1: I'll share my interview with Tara Greger, the owner of BreakWell. The St. Louis-based startup brings wellness education to St. Louis companies, which Greger believes is important for employee productivity and retention.
0: But we have to get up to the date on the news first. Well, yeah, of course we do. Project United Knowledge, an accelerator program in Kansas City, just received a $100,000 investment. The program focuses on providing support to entrepreneurs who are underrepresented, like people of color, women and those from rural or disconnected areas. The Accelerator's head of innovation said the investment will be used for current programs and education initiatives on skill building. They won it through a $1 million national challenge hosted by the Caper Center.
1: The St. Louis-based brokerage and investing firm Stiefel Financial has started a venture banking and lending group. The group will target startup companies in the healthcare, life science, and science technology industries. The group will be located in New York.
0: Missouri S&T set a record this year on royalties earned by patents. They saw a 32% increase from last year and generated $698,000.
1: Kansas City-based startup Risk Genius announced a new funding round Monday. The amount of the Series B round was not disclosed. Risk Genius makes software for the insurance industry. The company will use the funds to improve its software platform and increase marketing.
0: Home is where the heart is, but it's also a space for energy efficiency and improved internet management. This is according to Blake Miller, the founder of Homebase. The smart home startup makes software to help manage things like lighting and thermostats in residential properties.
1: Homebase hosted Startland News' event Innovation Exchange on Tuesday. The event was focused on smart technology in cities. Our Kansas City correspondent, Rashi Srivastava, talked with Miller afterward.
0: They touched on the smart home Appliance, market, affordable housing, energy efficiency, and security. Here's that conversation.
2: My name is Blake Miller. I'm the founder and CEO of Homebase. We work with apartment owners as well as student housing and senior living to make their buildings smart. Uh, we do everything from Wi-Fi to smart locks, smart thermostats, smart lighting, to even allowing the residents to be able to pay their rent and request maintenance all through one application. Um, and then conversely, on the backside, we allow the property managers to be able to manage their building um, all through an app, utilizing the Internet of Things. Um, and so, what this does, and where we're going with this, is really ultimately to make a autonomous building.
3: So can you talk to me about how you got the idea to start Homebase and what was the inspiration behind it?
2: Yeah, so I really got the idea from starting Homebase um, coming out of some of my uh, previous work. And I led the public-private partnership of the Kansas City Smart City Initiative here um, in Kansas City, Missouri, downtown. And we ended up deploying a framework, a smart city framework, as we call it, of public Wi-Fi, smart streetlights, uh, optical sensors, um, digital uh, kiosks, and a whole host of other things that were connected to the Internet. Um, And this infrastructure created uh, what we called the Kansas City Living Lab, which was kind of like the iTunes for the Internet of Things. Um, Our goal was to be able to allow entrepreneurs and innovators to be able to come in, utilize the infrastructure that was deployed along our streetcar uh, here in Kansas City. And we wanted to be able to offer up all this infrastructure for folks to be able to build things on top of it. And uh, had some, um, you know, eventual investors in in Homebase say, how do we do what you're doing um, at the smart city level? How do we do that inside of our apartment buildings or these mixed-use buildings that are really kind of like a microcosm of a city? And, um, you know, ultimately that kind of created uh, what is now Homebase today. So that was in uh, early 2016 when that started.
3: Um, So you said that you started off with uh, apartments, especially for the elderly and for students. Is there a specific reason why you kind of targeted those two areas?
2: Yeah, so, you know, when you look at what we call just kind of multifamily, um, there are a lot of kind of sub-verticals, I'll say. Um, sometimes they're what we call master metered you know where your electricity your water bills all those things are all kind of lumped in you're going to find that a lot more in the uh, student living or senior housing and so it it creates a different need for control um, for management and those are some things that the internet of things are really really good at is is helping to gain efficiencies Um, but when you flip and you look at the pure apartment market um, you know not only is that management thing you know uh, value but uh, it's looked at as amenities too and so all of these things kind of converge into uh, just different lifestyles or different stages of living that we want to help enable. Right
3: so how big do you think is the market for the internet of things and the consumer base for smart home appliances?
2: So the market for the internet of things like it depends on who you listen to, who you talk to. You know, some people will say, oh, it's gonna be a hundred billion dollars. it's gonna be 200 billion dollars. The reality is everything will be connected some way or another in the future. The way we look at the market is, you know, currently there's about 21 million apartment units that are out there that are managed here in the United States. People are moving to cities more than they ever have ever. So we have more and more um, density needed. We need a lot more housing. National Multi-Housing Council put out a study in 2018 um, that says we need 4.6 million apartment units built by the 2030. So in the next 10 years, um, just to meet the current demand, we've got to build almost a half million units every year just to meet that demand. When it comes to how big this market could be, it's, it's massive. It's, it's bigger than anybody can even imagine.
3: So you talked about how the demand is going to be like humongous in the coming years. It's just going to keep growing. Is there a certain um, resource that's going to be kind of scarce? And how does smart home appliances and the Internet of Things like play a role in that um, space?
2: Absolutely. So, you know, right now I think a big need for everyone and every, a big topic that everybody's talking about is affordable housing. Um, And so when you talk about the internet of things right now and some of this technology, sometimes people think it's, oh my gosh, it's going to be so expensive. Um, And in some cases it is because we're still early in this. Um, But our goal, especially here at Homebase, is how do we take entering the market where we're at with some early adopters, some of the the folks that are deploying these things, how do we learn fast enough um, and help Bring the cost down of some of these things um, so that we can utilize the data, the efficiencies and and some of these things that come with the Internet of Things to make housing more affordable. Um, And ultimately, you know, I think a a topic of affordable housing comes in uh, of, you know, the cost to build it. But then, you know zoning and policy and all these things. But the reality is, is it's just not profitable. And I don't think profitable profitability in affordable housing should be a bad word.
3: So what are some of the ways that Homebase is trying to make, um, you know, housing more affo- affordable and efficient?
2: Certainly. So there's a couple different ways to look at this. Um, one of the number one um, obvious is energy efficiencies. So when you take and you put smart lighting in a building and um, utilize smart thermostats and... Uh, you know, put in water leak detection and some of these things. These are natural resources that we can start to monitor and detect and help implement more energy management solutions. So those are obvious things. Other ways um, really come from just better operational efficiency. Uh, National Apartment Association says it takes about one person for every 45 units that a property owner might own to actually manage their, their portfolio of of that, So if we can help one person manage more like 60 or 70 units um, because they're maybe sitting in a command center and they're able to remotely unlock a door for somebody and they don't have to drive across town to let that uh, service provider in to fix the refrigerator or something, that's how we can start chipping away at making the building more efficient to uh, actually operate and run.
3: Right. So, do you think convenience and efficiency, like you described, someone can just open the lock from sitting like far away? Do you think that comes at a cost of security?
2: Um, those are definitely questions that we're uh, being very uh, cognizant about. Um, it's not just security; it's privacy as well. Um, you know, there are certain things that you know we need to be cognizant of of, of when you have all this information, um, and those are the things that we we think about a lot and. We try to uh, maintain best practices, we try to think about what it would be like if we were living in that place and how we want to be treated. Um, but we also think that it helps with security as well. You know, so a resident might know exactly when their property manager gains access to their residence. So it kind of works both ways. There's obviously concerns you want to think about anytime you're connecting anything to the internet, um, but there's also benefits to it as well.
3: So what does success look like for your company?
2: uh, sell for a trillion dollars. No, uh, (laughs) success for us, uh, obviously first and foremost, um, we have happy residents. Um, and and that's one of our number one focuses. Number two is our, our clients who are actually buying our products, the property owners, the managers, they're happy. It's saving their time in their lives. Um, it's helping them generate more profit. And then, you know, third, we've built a great team culture and we've been a part of, you know, the the community here in kansas city i'm I'm a big proponent and i've I've been heavily involved with kind of the the grassroots effort of this entrepreneurial community that has really grown into something that's pretty special here in kansas city
3: well thank you so much for talking to me it was really great knowing home base that it's a company and the challenges that it's been through and how it's evolved over the last three years
2: Uh, the pleasure was all mine thank you so much for having me
1: That was Missouri Business Alert's Kansas City correspondent, Rashi Srivastava.
0: Isabel, this week you caught up with an entrepreneur who is starting a new business in St. Louis. Who did you talk to?
1: I did. I talked with Tara Greger, who founded BreakWell after spending 15 years as a licensed massage therapist, 10 of which were spent in management. She says during those years she spent very little time on herself between working full-time and taking care of her children. So with knowledge about the field, she came up with BreakWell, which serves as a liaison between wellness-oriented companies and employers looking to bring self-care directly into the workplace. She works with St. Louis-based wellness companies to help facilitate growth in their business as well.
0: What kind of services can BreakWell help bring to companies?
1: They can bring in professionals for an educational class, like sleep specialists or dietitians, as well as group exercise or massage therapy. Maybe we should talk to our editor about that. You know, I was thinking the same thing. Breakwell received a BALSA grant in the spring, which is given to first-time entrepreneurs and provides educational programming in addition to the $1,000 grant. Here's that story.
4: We help employers elevate their employee experience. So we really help convey to employees that the company genuinely cares about them and that they are valued. So we know that employees are the most valuable resource, you know, it's, it's not the client or the customer. It really is the employee who then works with your clients and customers.
1: Why exactly is facilitating wellness breaks in the working environment beneficial?
4: Well, it's a captive audience, and we really spend most of our time in the workplace, so I know personally for myself, I always said that there were three parts of my day, so the first part, which was the most exhausting part, was just getting my kids out of the house and getting them to school, and then traffic, and then you're at work, and you're there for nine, ten hours, and you're there, and then you... Go home and you do all the bedtime rituals with your kids or their sporting events. And there was literally no time for me to take care of myself. Um, And so when you're at work, even just taking a 15-minute break is so beneficial. And I was one of those employees. I thought I was like the best employee ever because I never took a break. I never really ate lunch. I would eat it at my desk or standing up and doing things. I took one week of vacation in three years, and I thought all these things were great, but it just leads to burnout.
1: Can you tell me about the feedback you received, what benefits they saw by having Breakwell come into the workforce?
4: The employees love it. They just absolutely love it. They love when Breakwell is coming. You know, you can tell that there's a totally different vibe or feel in the office. People are excited. A lot of people go, I was going to work from home today, but I knew Breakwell was coming in, so um, I came into the office today. So it really creates uh, social well-being as well, Um, and, and it really shows the employees that the company genuinely cares about them. And so the response has been great. So it's really about showing them that they're valued. So the employers are getting a really great response from all of it.
1: What is Breakwell's current scale and how do you plan or hope to grow that?
4: So right now we are in the St. Louis market. And since there isn't another company like Breakwell and kind of all the things that Breakwell is doing, so we're housing all of these wellness professions under under one umbrella, basically. So anything that a company needs, we are that resource for them. So mostly we work with small and mid-sized companies to kind of be an extension of that HR team um, and help bring that in and provide these benefits for their employees uh, because maybe they only have one HR generalist in the office, maybe they don't even have an HR department yet, but for some of the bigger corporations that want to bring on -on, hands-on people to, again, facilitate some of these workshops and trainings, or if they just need an outside perspective, uh, because Breakwell, you know, is in this wellness industry and market and studies a lot of it. Um, So we're kind of just looking at the St. Louis market right now and getting that feedback. The biggest piece, though, is Helping the wellness professionals, a lot of times they want to get into the companies and corporations, but they don't know how to get in there or make those connections. And the companies really want to find the wellness professionals, but the two do not know how to find each other. So BreakWell is facilitating that basically as a wellness broker.
1: So then what are the best practices for businesses who are trying to increase their focus on wellness?
4: Just start. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to have a huge plan. But the biggest thing that we do is we go in and we do a well-being discovery project with the company and the employees. And we start there. A lot of times people make the mistake of thinking that they know what their employees want. And then they bring programs in and it's not well utilized. So they get frustrated because they've spent money and they've spent time and energy and their employees aren't really grateful for it. So asking is a huge piece of that. And having a third party like BreakWell Ask is even more beneficial because we get a lot of the insights and some of the information that maybe they wouldn't have told their HR department or the CEO or the owner of the company.
1: Are there any other goals that you have for Breakwell that you could share with me?
4: It comes down to helping people live a better life, helping employees feel like the company knows that they're human and that they're valued. So it's, it's just really simple goals, and it just breaks it down to being human. So if a company is doing this and their motive is to lower healthcare costs, employees see through that they're like why are they doing this but the only motive for breakwell is to really help companies show their employees that they care about them and that they value them as an individual and a human so it's just very simple
0: Thanks for that story, Isabel.
1: You know, I think it's the time in the podcast to review important numbers in entrepreneurship news.
0: Yep, I think it is.
1: Seth, what are your digits?
0: My digit is 5.5 million.
1: 5.5 million of what?
0: Uh, This is the amount of venture capitalist investment that was made in St. Louis in the second quarter of this year. This is from a Money Tree report, which is compiled by PricewaterhouseCoopers and CB Insights. That money went to four companies, including Keystone Bio, a company that is developing treatment for Alzheimer's and heart disease, and Curate, which makes event planning software. So far this year, St. Louis startups have raised $11 million worth of venture capital, lower than at this point last year. What's your digit?
1: My digit is 21. But first, Seth, I have a question for you. What is your favorite Pokémon?
0: Oh man, I'm I'm basic, but I'm gonna say Pikachu.
1: Ugh, Ash wannabe.
0: <laughs> I guess so. What What's your favorite Pokemon then?
1: Hmm, probably Charmander. So how
0: do Pokemon relate to your digit of 21?
1: This is how old you have to be to enter a Pokemon-themed pop-up bar that will be coming to St. Louis next February. PokeBar Bar will feature trivia, card battles, and team competitions. Guests will be able to have Pokemon-themed burgers and drinks. The bar will pop up other places worldwide, and St. Louis's location will be secret for a little while. Put down February 15th and 16th in your calendar if you're interested for the experience. Tickets cost $45. Gotta 'em all. That's it. Seth, <laughs> as we close out of the podcast, will you hit us with some inspiration, preferably a quote?
0: Okay, here it is. I was okay with personal questions because I feel like my story can heal a lot of wounds. That gave me the ability to have the strength to be as open as I could because I want to leave my print on this world. That was Wesley Hamilton, founder and executive director of the nonprofit Disabled, but not really in Kansas City. He's a co-founder of The District, an entrepreneur-led youth group outreach program. Recently, Hamilton appeared on the Netflix show Queer Eye, which has a new season out on July 19th.
1: And that's all for this week. This has been Speaking Startup from Missouri Business Alert. This episode was produced, edited, and hosted by Seth Bodine and me, Isabel Robles. Our theme music was produced by Elliot Bowman. We'll speak to you next week.